Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We're going to chat with someone at the top of their category, whom I call an elite entrepreneur. We're going to talk about taking $2,000 to multi-millions with Frederick Van Heun. Now, first of all, this has nothing to do with get rich quick. You often hear of people who made great fortunes from old 10 cents in their pocket or something like that. Many of my guests have great successes, but we never promote how much they made and how much they started with. So today I'm trying maybe a little different point of view. It can and does happen. As you know, millionaires can be made in a day, but this is not about making millions. That's the byproduct of what we're going to talk about. This is all about taking a great idea and turning that into a successful business. Listen and learn. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at dealing and beating setbacks and dealing with failures and hurdles and all sorts of things. Meet Frederick Van Heun. He's the co-founder of Absolute Internship, and he's one of the top 25 Swedish entrepreneurs breaking boundaries around the world. He took $2,000 and turned that into a multi-million dollar business with no funding. And he speaks seven languages, which I'm very impressed. His parents were blue collar workers and they were written about in Forbes. Perhaps that helped give him a little bit of a start. We'll find out. And I, I'm very intrigued because he does Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he says martial arts is a key foundation to the success he's had. And perhaps the most unique point, something you don't hear. And while a lot of people have this on the inside. You don't really hear people talk about it, but Freddie says he's always straight up honest and he tells the truth no matter what anyone thinks. And I like that. That's very refreshing. I'm going to let Freddie share the rest. I'm going to bring him on. Hi, Freddie. Welcome to the Tony Dierso show. Thank you very much, Tony. I'm humbled to be here. Freddie, we're all looking forward to learning more about your journey. $2,000 to multi-millions. So perhaps maybe we'll start from the beginning. How did it all start for you? Oh, I think we'll have to go back to when I was in college and university. I was an exchange student in, in Shanghai. Um, and uh, my roommate, he was an intern. I was like, what's an intern? Because back in Sweden, where I'm from, internships were not a big deal. So I was like, well, Freddie, it's like you're going to work, you're learning the ropes. Um, you're not getting paid, but it looks good on your CV and it gets you the foot into the door into like getting a solid graduate job. And I'm like, okay, I should be doing one of those. Um, so I met a bunch of other interns that were working for the Beijing Olympics, Heineken and many other firms. And it, were, it was great. The year after I was an exchange student in Japan. And I had three American classmates, they were looking for summer internships. And I'm like, oh, I know some interns that used to intern in, in Shanghai back in China. And I think I can help you. I, I, I can hook you guys up. And this was before Airbnb, before booking.com. 
it was not like you can go online and book something in China. Like you had to be like literally on the ground knocking on real estate agents' doors to, to get somewhere to live, so to speak. So I helped these guys out to sort out their internships and didn't think more about that. The year after I graduated and I always wanted to live abroad. So I was living in Bangkok, no job. I was living on $500 per month because I'm a very big soccer fan. Tony, you're from Italy. My favorite team is Juventus. I know it's from the north. You're from the south, but, you know, Juventus is my team since I was eight years old. Um, anyway, I was going to these Adidas and Nike factories, and I was buying jerseys on wholesale. I was selling them on, on, on eBay, making a whooping $500 per month. You know, I was living on a dollar, two dollars per day, which you live like a, you have a very good life in Bangkok for that. Anyway, so one, I have another Italian connection. It's a true story. So it's a Friday evening and I'm watching Sopranos because I'm a big fan of Sopranos. This was back in the day when it was big. And after Sopranos, like the episode ended, I was like, all right, you know what? What about these summer internships? Like I was thinking back about these summer internships um, from Japan and China because I got a Facebook message from one of the guys and he said, you know what? I didn't have such a good time in China, but anyway, how are you doing, you know? And thanks again for your help. And that made me think, okay, what about these summer internships? Let me Google it, literally summer internships. And what popped up was a company in the U.S. actually that uh, were selling New York internship programs for $12,000. And they had 400 students each year. And they were all from the US. And I was like, they're charging $12,000 to, 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 to sell New York internships, organize things for, for people from the US that speak English. You need to do that in China where people don't speak English. So I think that was like the light bulb Around the same time, I picked up a book. It was very, very revolutionary back then, but it's called A Four-Hour Workweek. I'm sure a lot of the people in the audience have read it, but back then, it just it just came out, you know, by Tim Ferriss. And it promoted a lot of things that today, I mean, we take for granted, you know, like remote work, trying to be efficient, the 80-20 rule, and so on. And these were things that I was like, wow, I was so inspired from it, you know, Tony, I was so, so inspired. And I was like, you know what? I want to build a company. I want to build a life and I want to build a company where I can work from anywhere in the world. Like I want that for me, you know, because I saw my parents growing up, they had to drive. They woke up every day at 5 a.m. They had to wake up early. They had to drive half an hour, 40 minutes. You know, it's hard in the winter, especially in the, in, in the snow. It's really dark. Um, and you work, it's really dark. You have to go to the same place each day, you know? So for me, I was like, you know what? I want to work. I want to like create a business where I can work from anywhere in the world. And I said, you know what, what they're doing in New York, I'm going to do in China. So that day I said to my partner in crime, I want to do this, you know? So that's that the story, quite Tony. a story and the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> and I'm curious about this, Freddie. You saw it as a great opportunity, but you kept doing it. You've you've gone past the point of, let's call it extreme success. If this were the Olympics, 
you would have gotten the gold. And you kept doing it and you kept doing it. You stayed focused. So I sense a deep purpose here. Like, what's the reason? Why are you doing this? Um, why, if you ask me today, like, why I'm doing it is because I'm very happy. What I'm doing, like, I literally, I wake up and, like, today I woke up at 5 a.m. People think I'm crazy, but, you know, I wake up because I love what I'm doing. Like, I'm so, so passionate about what we're doing. I know it's been 12 years, Tony, but when you have people telling you, hey, Freddie, you know, I want to deeply appreciate you and, and say thank you for everything you have done for my son, for my daughter, he, he has completely changed since eight weeks ago you know when you get emails like that tony like you can't buy that with money you know that type of appreciation you know that type of grat like when you have people showing their, their gratitude like that it means something you know and um it shows that you're doing something that is important in the world and i believe that you know, it's not that I want to crank down on people like that are selling socks or vacuum machines. I mean, I respect everyone, but at, at least for me, what has worked for me is like I'm doing something that I truly enjoy. And I think it's um, um, it helps a lot, Tony. That's the, one of the best reasons. Absolutely. Happiness. Yeah. I think it's money can't buy that. We talk about it. You hear it. It's a cliche today, but it's so true. And I think you're helping so many people. And yeah, it's so rewarding to get that communication from others. So I love that. And we're talking about $2,000 to multi-millions with Frederick Van Heun. And his website, by the way, is absoluteinternship.com. Now I'm perhaps from the old school internship. I spelled it different back then. So I'm going to spell it all for you. For any of uh, people my age, perhaps listening, it's, it's absoluteinternship.com. That's A-B-S-O-L-U-T-E. I-N-T-E-R-N-S-H-I-P.com. Did I get that right, Freddie? That's correct. Thank you, Tony. My pleasure. Well, let's kind of get into your vision map here and your path and how you went down this road. You saw that it was successful. People were doing it in New York and they were just doing great, going like bank gangbusters. And you said, hey, I could replicate that. Did you realize that you were going to be your own, your own boss? You're, you're an entrepreneur now instead of working for someone. Was there, I want to talk about that switch from, I know you weren't making much money, but you were, but you were living and you were doing well. And as you say, a, a couple bucks goes a long way in Bangkok, but at some point you switch, you go, Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. What I want to talk about that. Cause for some people it's very scary. They don't want to go down that road. It is true. It is true. Um, it takes me back to a story when I was, I think I was nine or 10, Tony, I can't remember, but uh, it was winter and um, I don't know where I got this idea, but I told my father like, hey, uh, father, can I borrow $3? Like, what are you gonna buy? Because it was a big deal, you know? Well, well, I'm gonna buy some Christmas cards, I'm gonna knock on doors and sell them like one-on-one. -on -one. So I was doing that for a week and I really loved I mean, I got a lot of no's, you know, and people are polite to kids, even, they, you know, they say, no, like, well, I'm not going to buy anything. But I love the connection of meeting people and getting the feedback, instant feedback, and then selling and seeing like the spark in their eyes. And I love that. And coming back to absolute internship, I think, 
you know, when, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to love adventure. Like it has to like, you need to have that fire in the belly, you know? And uh, I remember my mother, she told me, Tony, she said, Frederick, I, I know you, you want to build a successful business from my age and from my humble like life. What I've seen is that an overnight success takes 10 years. Are you willing to work these many, many years without the salary? Like you could work like for Volvo or Siemens, one of these big companies in Sweden, make a very, very good salary of $3,000 per month. Have a very, very comfortable life. Have a car, own a house, you know, like you don't have to worry, you know. I said, no, I want to do this, my mother, because I, I think I can make it, you know. And um, it's not easy, Tony. It, it, it's not easy because today, like anyone, literally anyone can be an entrepreneur. The only thing they have to do is just to, to go like on their phone, pick up their Instagram app and change the bio to entrepreneur. And then you think you're an entrepreneur, but it's not as easy as that. You know, um, you really need to have a burning desire. You have to really have a burning desire, the desire to succeed. Um, I remember reading this book after the four hour work week. Um, I think it was in year one of absolute it was called think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. The way I came across this book was because I was obsessed and I'm still about back then. I was like deeply obsessed about building a multimillion dollar business. So what I was doing, I was literally studying millionaires. So because my parents, you know, like we didn't have any connections, you know, and I'm not making things up, you know, like I couldn't even ask anyone about which high school program I was going to take because no one had gone to high school in my family. I didn't know which like type of program I would choose a university because I didn't know like literally who to ask. We didn't have internet back then, you know, and I came from a little village where, you know, they had like a list of all the universities in Sweden and business schools and other programs, but it was like three years old. So the programs were not even up to date. So that's where I was coming from, you know, Tony. And fast forward, you know, to year one of Absolute Internship, um, how I came across thinking Grow Rich, Rich was like, I was watching this TV series, Shark Tank, which is huge in the US. I was watching every single episode and then I was studying every single entrepreneur who built that business. And then I was studying all the, um, the Kevin O'Leary, Mark Cuban, Damon John, and I was studying what they were reading. Um, and Damon John, I read his, his books and then he was talking about, uh, thinking grow rich, how that had, had impacted him when he built FUBU. And I was like, you know what, if, if, if it could help Damon John build a billion dollar business, I'm sure it could help me build a million dollar business. So that was one of the best $10 that I invested because I took the book and I think a lot of people, what they do, a lot of entrepreneurs is that they read books, Tony, and they say, yeah, I read that very very interesting great book but they failed to apply i i when i read thinking we're rich and i'm sorry to ruin it for those that haven't read it but you know i deeply recommend it is that i mean this is a book it's basically a blueprint like it's it's a secret sauce you want to build a billion dollar business a, mil, a multi-million dollar business you just have to follow the steps you know because henry ford andrew carnegie like this worked a hundred years ago you know, if it worked a hundred years ago, it should be working now, you know, because we have like so much more technology today. So I basically just like applied everything. Freddie, that is amazing. Growing up as you did, you were young. I think you had 
what people would say, a lot against you. There were no entrepreneur role models, I don't think, in your environment. Though you did have them on Shark Tank, on the TV, maybe some other programs, and the books. You did the smart exactly. thing. You learned from them, from the books, from everywhere you can. However, you were still very young, and I'm sure it didn't all work out per perfect. You know, you had barriers and hurdles. What about adversity? I'm sure you've had... I'm sure you've had a couple of events that said, oh, it's time to quit. Go do something else. Yes, a lot, a lot. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't take out, we couldn't take out the salary until year four, for example, you know. So I remember, you know, my business partner, like, she was like, you know what? Uh, I mean, she's a very, very positive person. But, you know, Tony, when it's raining, you're touring. Um the country trying to go to meet students it's raining your your feet are wet you're hungry you're cold you know and you're wearing the same clothes with perfume because you don't want to invest in fancy clothes because you want to put it back into the business yes um you you really need to have a strong why and i think one of the things that kept me going, like definitely is the thinking grow rich, because one of the things that I took away was goal, goal setting and writing down your goals. So the author, Napoleon Hill, what he found out was that all the successful people back then, like Andrew Carnegie, for those that don't know, was like basically the Steve Jobs back then, um, the Elon Musk of today. But what they did was, this also Bruce Lee, apparently I found out, in the 70s, he wrote down his goals. But what they did, they didn't just write down their goals. They read their goals loud three times per day. So I did that. Every time I had a doubt, I would read it, uh, read it out. Okay, what are my goals, you know? And that sort of centered me, anchored me, and kept me going. And um, I think sports have helped me a lot, Tony. Um when I grew up, you know, there was a lot of adversity because there's not a lot of immigrants in Sweden. Now there's a little bit more. It's not as, as diverse as in the U.S. and Canada. But playing table tennis, I was like always the only immigrant. Playing soccer on a very high level, table tennis on a very, very high level, all, always being like the, the only sort of like immigrant, a person that looked a little bit differently. And I'm not saying that people are racist, but you get to hear things, you know, because some people are more narrow-minded. I think it sort of like gave me a tough skin that, you know what, I'm going to show you guys, you know, I'm going to show you guys. And it's okay. My, my mom always said kindness wins in the end, you know, and uh, I know I got, a, I got a lot of bad things about that, but I still believe that, you know, I've always been a good guy. I want to be a good guy. I want to believe in that doing good things, being kind. Uh, helps you win in life and um, yeah during the hard moments I think it's important to remember why you're doing what you're doing because like Napoleon Hill said and like all these past billionaires is that you need to have a burning desire and in order to have a burning desire you need to burn your bridges what do I mean with that is that you need to give everything basically you can't have a lifeline you know of course like I always had my parents, I could live with them or my, my parents-in-law, but everything was on the line, at least in my mind, you know? So. Freddie, I think you have the most burning desire of anyone I've ever interviewed to take, to not take a salary after four years of putting the business together, 
That is astounding. That just shows how certain you were that it was going to pay off. And it did. But you had to put in the time, though, not really at the time. You had to put in that work and really put it together. That is quite a passion and a purpose to make success. I'm really I'm really impressed by that. Four years. That's that's a hard road. For Thank you, Tony. But yep. you know what, Tony, like I it it sounds I don't know if it sounds weird, but you know, uh, Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich, he spoke about having imaginary masterminds, having imaginary mentors. So every morning, every lunch, every evening, I was I was imagining having like Mark Cuban here. I was imagining having Barbara Cochran here, Damon John telling me advices, you know. And I was imagining myself wearing these fancy clothes, wearing a very, very nice like watch, driving a very, very nice car. I just didn't have it yet, you know. It's going to come. I was browsing on, on Instagram, looking at things that, you know what, ah, that's the car I own, you know. Oh, that's the watch I own. Yep. I have that one at home and I have that one. And um, it really helped, you know. I guess it's something from sports too because I remember when I played table tennis, one of my coaches, he told me that when I was very young, I was like 12, I was one of the best in Sweden playing table tennis. And uh, I think one of the breakthroughs that I had in table tennis, because in the beginning, I mean, I was good, but I was not very, very good. But one of the biggest breakthroughs, Tony, was that one of the coaches, he told me, like, before you play, before you practice, close your eyes and envision how it's going to be. You're a winner, you know. You have already won before you play the match, you know. You just have to, like, go through the, the motion now, you know. And I think I've taken a lot from that, you know, to um, to the business world, so to speak. Um yeah. Well, vis visualization is very, very important. You mentioned Bruce Lee. Uh, even Bruce Lee did it. Chuck Norris did it. Uh, Arnold Palmer did it. Visualization of seeing that gold come in, that goal, if I said it right, come into fruition. I talk about the vision map and how to set your vision as, as because you need a map to get to where you're going. You, and the, so... You know, I agree. vision I agree is, you. you call it your goal, but it's what you see yourself doing almost like it's a movie. It's like you're visualizing what you're doing. And I see you as exactly. taking the little, if I could say it that way, just a few items that you had, you had the book, which was great. Think and grow rich. You had, you know, that does determination, that desire. You had that great idea. You didn't have people hand you money. You didn't have all these super mentors or, or what have you. But you took what you had and you made it. And even though you had to grind a little bit, I'm still impressed that four years before you took a salary, that's a tough one. But look at you now. That's yeah. absolutely amazing. And I also love the fact that you talked about the masterminds because it's very popular today. It's growing more and more. But when you don't have those people... I love that you bring them to you and have that mastermind with them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's. Um, I know it's 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 very very popular today, you know, and you know a lot of masterminds you have to pay for them. But I, um, I just did what the author was suggesting, you know, Napoleon Hill. Like I. I I created them, you know, I had Damon John telling me all the advices that he was t saying on Shark Tank. He was just telling me now face to face, you know, and I, I, I was really hearing it. And about the about the vision that you were talking about, Tony, 
I not only looked at pictures, like I was like, like this, this watch, for example, I, I was going to the Rolex watch to try it on. I was like, okay, you know, yeah, that, this is my watch, you know, and I was going to touch very expensive cars. I'm like, yeah, this is the car, you know, now I don't own a car, you know, <laughs> like I, I ended up not buying a car. Like I have, a, I'm just, I go with a bicycle, you know, I like the cycle, but like these clothes, I would go to clothing stores. I would like dress up really nicely and I would like take a picture and be like, okay, like I return the clothes. I'm not going to buy anything, you know? So not only like imagining things, like also feeling, smelling and, um, absolutely yeah, just building that up in your mind. Freddie, I want to get into internships now. There's a couple points. I have a couple questions. Uh, let's talk about that. What are they? Why are they important? Uh, you know, and as well as there's international, there's domestic. Let's kind of go into that whole road and, and start from the beginning on that. I think the reason why I believe internships is one of the most underrated components for all the students, you know, literally in the world is because higher education today, at least in North America and Europe as well, is becoming much more expensive. So... Tony, you're based in the U.S. Studying in a, studying a year costs you ranges from twenty thousand up to sixty five thousand dollars plus living expenses, plus expenses visiting your family, plus food expenses, clothing expenses. But that doesn't guarantee you a future because you have millions of other students like getting a same degree as you, you know. So then you're left out competing on grades. Not everyone is talented and can get top grades, you know. So you invested all this money. Let's say for the sake of simplicity, it's $50,000. In four years, that's $200,000. But as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old, you don't really know what you want to do with life. And that's correct. You shouldn't know what you want to do with life, you know. But you have invested so much money. So even though you're studying journalism or, or business for that matter, you might not want to become an entrepreneur. You might not want to become a banker, you know, but what internships al allow you to do is to test drive your career. You can try out how it's like to be a journalist for two months. You can test out how it's like to work in marketing for a month. You can test out how it's like to work in broadcasting for like two months. And then you can see if that's something you want to pursue, you know, in the future. And I think that's, that's, um, that's one of the biggest beauties of internships. Now, it's not paid. So it's a student who is working in, in Europe, but he can intern for a U.S. business, for example. That's correct. Yes. Through, through our company, most of internships are unpaid because international internships and being paid is very, very complicated. Although we do have some that are paid. Um, but yes, that's what we do. So we have students from all around the world going through our program. Um, they can choose to intern in, in Singapore, Tokyo, China, Portugal, Sweden, France. There's so many countries. And um, we have students from the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Asia, all across Europe. So, yeah, it's a very diverse program. So through your company, a person can actually intern and work for a company basically anywhere in the world in the industry that they're interested in. That opens That's up correct, a lot yes. of 
yeah, that opens up a lot of doors for everybody. I, yes, I, I agree. I agree, that. Tony. It's got to be I, I have this amazing... Go ahead. Yes, I have, you know, not only the travel programs have always been popular, but I think our remote internship program has really, really broken barriers. Um, it really touched me. Like, I think it was a few months ago, we had a army wife who's finishing her online degree now. She has four kids at home and she's f finishing her bachelor. And she said, this is the only way I can gain international work experience. It's through a remote internship program. So she interned, I think it was a, for a company in, in Spain or in the UK. But um, it's amazing what technology can, can, can offer people today. I think even more important than ever in today's culture, it's so much better to work from home. It, it's kind of, we've been steered or corralled down that way through all the things that have been happening in the past couple of years. And I think, I think a lot of us are beginning to like it more and do like it a lot more to work from home as well and be able to earn that living. Though it's always nice to go out and go about and meet people and do things like that. But I think there's a definite uh, piece of that pie, so to speak, of people. There's definite uh, level there of people that this would be just absolutely great for because it just opens the door. You, it, Regardless of what's happened in whether there's lockdowns or any other issues going on societal it it just doesn't even seem to matter as much because you can work in any field you want now and it's so much easier. And I know from it working in it, when you work as an intern and if you like it, you start meeting people in that industry that you like and that opens up the door to perhaps working a job or getting some work there because they like you, you like them and here you are, you're in Italy and you're working for a company in uh, New Jersey or something like that. Yeah, it is true. It is true. And what's the average length? Is there a length? You've mentioned two months for internship. Is that the average length for a person to determine, yeah, I love this industry? Or does a person then go on to other uh, other companies in the same category? Kind of how does that work out? Normally, a student is matched with one company. And they stay with the same company throughout this, the entire duration. And that duration is typically one month two months or three months. So the most popular is two months. That's so such a short amount of time. It's amazing to just go right into your industry. I think I think it's a it, it it's a it's a change. It's a big change right now. It, I know it's been being done before, but I see it being more disruptive than ever. It's such a big change because it takes that barrier off of people that want to work in a different country or do something. It just changes, it changes everything dramatically. I think so. I think so. Like I, you know, students that, that have completed an international internship are so much more culturally aware, much more self-confident, much more resourceful. And I think they're much more versatile, you know, more, much more versatile than, than, and more open-minded than students who just been like in their hometown or in the same state that they grew up in. Freddie, was there a turning point in this? I know you did four years without a salary. That is such a burning passion to be successful, but you must have had some hardships besides going place to place in the rain, the same shoes, not even having a new fresh change of clothes. 
you've had obstacles. There must yes. have been something where you just said, forget it. I know I've had that in my podcasting career. There have been a couple of times I said, forget it. I'm, I'm going to move on to something else. And I'm certain you've had some of these. What were some of the biggest failures? We talked a little bit about this, but I want to get into what wanted to make you quit, but you didn't. Um, I think it was in year two was a big turning point. I remember that was, it was a specific moment. I was out walking with my partner after dinner. Uh, it was that time I was living with my, um, my mother-in-law's place. I lived there for a year because it was free rent, free internet and free food. Basically, that's why I read the, the, the thinking grow rich. And that was, that was a great psychological, mental and spiritual test for myself, you know, but I remember that evening walk. I said, you know what? Like, I just want to throw in the towel because we're not selling like this is not working, you know? I was really, really frustrated. And my partner, she said, you know what? That's not the Freddie I know. That's not the Freddie I know. Um, take a shower, rest well. And tomorrow, like, like think about why you started this, you know, and the big dreams that we have. And I think that was a starting point because back then I was like, you know what? We need to... I woke up, I had a, like, a, I slept on it. And then I was like, oh, we changed our business model a bit. It was quite dramatic. And I convinced my business partner to go with it. And which essentially was raising our prices dramatically. I'm talking about five to 600%. And it worked. It worked, you know, Tony. And when, when we got the, like the first customer that paid that, I was like, you know what? We're on it. Like, Nothing, nothing can stop us right now. You know, I think that was a very, very big, big milestone. Um, what could be another one? We got very bad press one year, mm. Tony, in Australia, very, very bad press. We had before that gotten a lot of beautiful, very, very nice press, New York times, BBC, NBC, Forbes, and etc. Um, and that press led to, I haven't, I've never spoken about this because I don't, I don't think people believe me, but we started to get like, um, what do you call this? People calling us and then calling us racist things, you know, because of this article, like, you know what, this is like, you guys are a scam, like, um, no bloody Chinese people like you i'm not even chinese but they're like you know chinese like company like you guys are scams i'm talking about like hundreds of people like and i think at that time i got i, I didn't get sad but i was like you know what that people can be so narrow-minded you know and i remember speaking to one of my mentors like just the same day or the day after and he said don't worry freddie don't worry uh, the good will always win they could always win. And it is true, you know, like we, we became even stronger because of that. And, you know, it's been passe. We've been putting that uh, like behind us. And it's like, I was thinking a lot, you know, like you go, even if you go to a five-star restaurant or a five-star hotel, like you're going to have people complain. So. So true. 
I like that. The good always win. You just have to stick with it. And yes, I like that a lot. Freddie, one of the things I think an underlying current, and you've mentioned this before, and I want to bring it up, is that martial arts and that regimen, that routine, uh, I'll let you explain the rest, but you say it's so important to building a successful business for you. Let's kind of go into that. What? Why? Why is that? So I got into uh, martial arts um, not a long time ago, Tony, three years ago. Um, I wanted to, since I was young, I always wanted to do martial arts. But remember my background, we didn't have internet back then, small town in Sweden. There was not even like, it was not like, hey, uh, where can I do martial arts? It was not like you could look it up somewhere. So there was no martial arts, uh, table tennis and, and ping pong. Um, no, table tennis and, and soccer uh, was my sports. But um my wife, she tried uh, Muay Thai and she said, hey, you would love this. And I've always like been afraid to get hit in the face, but I've always been like passionate about it because I'm from Cambodia. We have like Kun Khmer, which is very similar to, to Muay Thai, where you use your elbows, uh, your fist and your knees and your, your, your feet, so to speak. And it looked really, really cool. And I always loved training because um, I feel like it's, it really cements your mind and your soul. Um, so I tried that and I tried it for six months. And then my coach was like, you know what? Um, in order to become a complete fighter, you need to also fight on the ground and know how to choke people. So you need to try and Brazil, train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm like, okay, I don't have time because I'm running my company. I'm working like 10 hours a day that I just can come here. It's like, it's a, it's a blessing, you know? Um, a few years later, I moved to Barcelona and told my wife, you know what? It's time. I'm going to do something new. Like, And when you try something new as an adult, it's extremely intimidating. Because you're a beginner. You're like that little kid in the playground, you know, like who's going to pick me? Like, am I going to be bad? Yes, of course, you're going to suck because you're a beginner, you know. Um, I tried Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I've always been humble. I never had a big ego. But when you train martial arts, especially Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know that you need to leave the ego like outside the mat or at home because you're going to get choked. 25 times within an hour, you know, and this could be from small guys, small women, you know, heavier guys, tall guys. Uh, and you're going to be like, okay, what just happened here? And I think now training, um, I have, I'm almost a, a purple belt and which means that I've, I've almost, I'm like in the middle between until my black belt. So in a few years I'll have my black belt, but you know, jiu-jitsu is one of the hardest things I've ever tried and done. And it's still, because it's so, so difficult, Tony. There are so many small details. And it reminds me a lot about business. I've always said that love is in the details, but jiu-jitsu, you know, and it's one of my life philosophies that, and it's same with business, Tony. Like, you want to build a, like the best podcast in the world. You want to build a multi-million dollar business, but it doesn't take one day. It doesn't take a year. People overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. 
I'll repeat that people really overestimate what they can achieve in a year. You cannot get a black belt in any sport in one year. You know, you can buy a belt online, but you cannot get that. You need to go through the process, you know, and the process that means your ego is going to take a turn. There's going to be a lot of days you, you need to go and train, but you don't want to, you know. So people really underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years in sports and martial arts, but also in business, you know. So um, martial arts, it's... Uh, you can only approve very little each day. There's many days where you're just going through the motions. It's very mundane, so to speak, Tony. And you might not feel that you're improving, but you are. You are because every day you're improving 1%, 2%, you know. And that's enough because within 10 years, you're going to reach your, your goal, you know, which is the, the black belt. And it's the same with business. You know, I remember when, when I started and one of the things that that I really like soaked in and I, that I thought of was, hey, Freddie, I wanna, you want to build a multi-million dollar business? You don't have management experience. How many, how many years of work experience do you have? You know, do you think you can manage three offices, two offices? You never had employees in your life. You know, you need to go through the process and... That's going to happen, but it's not going to happen now. And what's going to happen now is that you need to build up your foundation, which is reading books, gaining experience, talking to people. I've always been a, a, um, a big fan of speaking to older people, you know, 50, 60, 70 plus, because they have so much life experience, you know, gaining wisdom. My mom always said, talk to older people, gain wisdom, because wisdom is one thing that no one can take away from you. People can take away material, materialistic things, but they can never take away wisdom. And with wisdom, you can like you can gain a lot of success with that in life, you know. So that has really been a big mantra, Tony. I know it's a long answer, but oh, martial arts is so wise. Yeah. And you know, it makes me wonder. You have such good help. It's like you've got some good mentorship there from what your wife or your mom or dad. And th it's so true that it just sticks and helps you move through your business. And it makes me wonder, I want to talk about your mentors and I want to talk about who you feel are some of your more, or your, let's say your most valuable mentor that's really helped because what you're just saying here is like, you've had some good mentorship along the way. You know what, Tony, I think, uh, yes, I've been, um, I've been very blessed, you know, but I think one thing that my mom always said also, you have two ears, Freddie. You have one mouth. Use the ears first, then you use the mouth, you know. You might not agree with everything, but listen, remember, keep it in your backbones, and then you will see in the future, you know. And she said, listen to the old people. The older, the better, because they have much more life experience. But about my mentors, uh, Tony, um, in the beginning, obviously, it was a lot of books. So I resonated a lot with people that, were coming from a very, very poor background or people that dealt with a lot of adversity. So for those entrepreneurs out there, like talk about Damon John, who co-founded uh, FUBU, a billion dollar business, Barbara Cochran, who, who built the Cochran Group, um, Mark Cuban, um, so, so many people. And I, I guess I, I took a lot of their advice, Tony, because what I did was I... Um, 
I, I still have it. I have a notebook where I wrote down because I was obsessed when I was studying. I am still. And anything that was wisdom, I wrote it down. If so, uh, Damon Yard said something that I resonated with on Shark Tank, I would write it down. Uh, it was not on my phone, on a notebook, you know, Barbara Cochran, I wrote it down from her book. I would write, write it down. So every day I would spend like half an hour just going through the notes. So to answer your question, some of the, my mentors were those, but also, um, I guess people that I met throughout the way, because in order to become successful or build something meaningful, people will help you. Um, I read this book called The Alchemist many years ago by Paulo Coelho, and he spoke about maktub, which basically is little like things that life leaves you. You just have to like open your eyes to look for it. And um, long story short, I was in Hong Kong. I was meeting this woman, a Canadian woman, Canadian Chinese. She had a, she owned her private equity firm. Obviously, very wealthy and successful um, bu uh, businesswoman, Tony. And we went for tea. And something that I've learned that my mom always said, she said, say yes to everything. Just go and meet people. You never know what's going to happen. They might not be successful today. You might not be successful today, but at least everyone knows any, any, everyone knows somebody, you know? So anyway, this woman, she said, you should meet this man, um, Steve, and he's amazing. And you guys will get along. Um, Steve was, uh, I think he was a managing director of a hedge fund. And I was like, okay, I'll meet Steve, you know? So we met with Steve and I didn't have a lot of time in Hong Kong, but I said, you know what? If this man wants to meet me, because in my, in my mind, you know, Tony, in my head, I, I'm, I'm still this little boy, you know, from this town, Gnuho in Sweden, where I, I have nothing, you know? And like, if a multimillionaire wants to meet me, I say, yes, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to see him because I don't know what I'm going to learn, you know? So I met him and, um, he was the one who told me like the good always wins. And I think mentorship relationship is, is something that it's nothing that it comes naturally. You know, like you meet people, you talk and um, you try to help each other, you know, in a, in a genuine way, not in a political way. And then mentors will pop up, you know, they will pop up. Amazing insights, amazing mentorships. I just loved it. Once again, we talked about taking $2,000 to multi-millions with Frederick Van Heun, and you can find him at absoluteinternship.com. Freddie, I learned some great points here. I really, really like this. You've just persevered and made such a great business and you've shared that with us. I'm very appreciative and I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you very much, Tony. It's been a pleasure to be on your show and I'm very humbled to, to have been invited. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. This is so full of great wisdom. We talked about taking $2,000 and turning that into multi-millions with Frederick Van Heun. Now, Freddie has such an amazing life story. I'm so impressed that he worked for years in his business before he took salary. What passion, what motivation, that's extreme. And he didn't have any entrepreneur role models, but he did have books and he read the good ones, the important ones. And he had very wise people in his life that helped steer him when needed. And I think that 
His imaginary masterminds are brilliant. I did a show about this many years ago on Revenue Chat Radio, and I'm glad it came back in another interview. Bring those mentors into your life that you feel would give you the best help and advice, even if you have to imagine them, even if they're gone, even if they're no longer around today, you can still bring them in. Think about that. You should know all, all about this from Napoleon Hill. And I love how Freddie dealt with some serious adversity. Man, that was a rough road. And he got through and he pulled through and he's looking great. What resonated the most with you in this interview? Tell us. And I do appreciate your listening. And I look forward to your tuning in again next week. Please come back. Same place, same channel. And for another great episode. And I really do appreciate you. And also, please remember supporting this show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That really means a lot. That helps us grow the show. And of course, I always ask this, please share this with a few friends to help them too. This is all about friends helping friends, all right? Okay, use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 